Good day and welcome to Partakers and to our series Haha Heroes and Heretics Abound. Together we are looking at the story of the church from its origins through to the age of reasoning in the 18th century. Last time we looked briefly at two main enemies from within the church systemic disorganization and chaos within leadership and structure of churches and false and heretical teaching which were creeping in surreptitiously. We move on today to a landmark period in the life of the church. Remember that one of the main persecutors so far of the church was the Roman Empire. Now we come to the Emperor Constantine. This period in time is described by Dermid McCulloch as crucial for the Christian church. Constantine was pronounced as emperor by the army in 306 AD following the death of his father Constantius I. Under the rule of Diocletian, the empire had been reorganized into a team of four emperors under his leadership. However, civil war soon recommenced. Going forward in time now. During this time, at the Battle of Milvian Bridge in 312 AD, Constantine overthrew his rival Maxentius, and he became the emperor of the Western Empire. Constantine had been a worshipper of the unconquered sun, but before this particular battle he had a vision of the cross of Jesus Christ and a dream commanding his soldiers to fight under the name of Jesus Christ. So Constantine made his soldiers shields with a monogram of Christ, the first two letters of Christ's name in Greek. Constantine went on to restore property to the church in his domain which had been confiscated by previous Roman emperors. Then in 313 AD Constantine and his ally Licinius made a proclamation whereby those who were identified as Christians would be treated equally with those who were not Christians. This proclamation also declared a new policy of toleration for all religions F.F. Bruce, in his book, says, This led the Christians once banished to return from exile. Their property was restored, their demolished church edifices rebuilt. The last round between Christianity and Roman paganism had been the most desperate of all, but it ended with the acknowledgement that Christianity had won. Constantine, according to Shelley in his book, also made many changes in his private life. This included raising his family as a Christian family. Constantine was baptised by Bishop Eusebius of Nicomedia. After his baptism, Constantine refused to wear the imperial purple again and he chose to wear only his baptismal robes of white. Constantine died shortly after in 337 AD, but not before establishing Constantinople as a new capital of the Roman world. A quick look at the historical writing of Eusebius sees Constantine epitomised as a superlative Christian leader and he almost envisages a new age of salvation. Here are some of the ways Eusebius describes Constantine. Constantine, the mightiest victor, adorned with every virtue of piety. For Constantine, like an all-gracious emperor, giving him evidences of true favour of God. 
God was the friend, protector and guardian of Constantine, and bringing the plots which had been formed in secrecy and darkness to the light, Constantine foiled them. And lastly, Constantine was the protector of the virtuous, mingling hatred for evil with love for good, went forth with his son Crispus, a most beneficent priest, and extended a saving right hand to all that were perishing. Moving on now, Constantine and his decisions and actions brought both significant advantages and disadvantages for Christianity. Firstly, the disadvantages. Christianity became nominal and it was fashionable to be called a Christian at the time. Many pagan ideas were intermingled with Christianity, incense, images, candles, vestments, veneration of saints and martyrs, and Mary idolized like a goddess. And the emperor exercised his authority in the church as head of the Roman religion, Pontifus Maximus. And this sets an unfortunate precedence for involvement of government in Christianity, which we will see later causes great trouble for the church and Christianity itself. And now some advantages. There was religious tolerance and freedom. There was restoration of church property and a major church building program by the emperor. For example, St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. Christianity became the favoured religion in the empire since Constantine was at the very least nominally Christian. And in 312 AD, Constantine declared Sunday a holiday. While Constantine did not enforce others to join Christianity, that did not last long. After Constantine's death, belief in Christianity was made a matter of imperial command under the regime of the emperor Theodosius. Theodosius had new church buildings designed in order to stress the new hierarchy of Jesus Christ and the Roman Emperor. There were also heavy penalties enforced upon those who were not Christians and from other religions. Theodosius enforced the thinking that there was a close connection between the will of God with the Roman Emperor. How does the church itself react to all this? How was the thinking and the theology of the church growing and developing? Well, for the answer to that, you'll have to wait until next Saturday for the next in our series, Aha. Thanks for listening. Come back to Partakers, www.partakers.co.uk, where every day there is something new to encourage your walk as a Christian in the 21st century. See you later.